pretty amazing. Let's give it up for the kids again for all they did. Wow. Yeah. And Rod and Sandra, you guys putting that together. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much. They've been working so hard. And uh, last but not least, can we have all of our mamas in the room stand up so that we can give you a standing O? Do you mind? We love you guys. We love you, Mom. Everyone in the country that say, we love you, Mom. One, two, three. Very, very good. What a beautiful day. And by the way, moms, if you didn't get a carnation, uh, we have a carnation for you. Did, did you get a carnation? If you didn't get one, raise your hand. I want to make sure you get one. Any ladies in here? Steve, get one to Steve. All the ladies in here got one. If, did you guys get one? Hey, Nate, can you bring in a couple carnations? we got some people on this side of the room here. We need three carnations. We can't give it to them on the way out, man. That's, that's too late. So... I wanted to talk today about uh, continuing uh, legacy. Um, I think a legacy is so important. If you want to turn real quick in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. And uh, I think it's, it's so, so important. I love this verse of Scripture, and I almost forget this one, uh, what Timothy had uh, growing up. By the way, as we're kind of looking into that, you know, uh, Anita touched on this a little bit yesterday, but maybe in your life, maybe you didn't have a great mom or a great situation or a perfect family. Did anybody have a perfect family in here? Can we raise your hand, please? Okay, good. Nobody had a perfect family here. Oh, my sister did. <laughs> Wait, that's my house. I had one. So no, but maybe the situation wasn't quite scripted. It didn't have the white picket fence for you. I want you to know that you can build on a legacy right now where you're at, and that's the beauty of this thing with God and the gospel and what he does in his kingdom. And uh, Greg Laurie actually put out a little mini book, and he was talking about all the women of the faith that were written in the lineage of Jesus. And I actually had forwarded that to my dad. I wanted to show him too. If you want that, let me know. But he went into all of these sketchy women that are in the lineage of Jesus. These sketchy moms and situations. Uh, Tamar, who was just crazy situation with her. And we have Rahab the prostitute. Can you imagine? They listed these women in the lineage of Christ. See... See, religion wants to paint a pretty picture. Religion wants to say everything has to be perfect and we have perfect, clean, nice this and perfect, clean, nice that. But typically life doesn't work out that way. And what God does is He forms and fashions and He said, Do you trust me that I can build a legacy in the middle of your situation? And that's where we trust God. 2 Timothy chapter 1 Verse 5, Timothy gave a beautiful thing um, in that first uh, verse of Scripture. When chapter 2, I'm like, where are you at? Verse 5. All right, here we go. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith, uh, faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan in the flames of the spiritual gift of God gave you when I laid my hands on you. He was talking not only about his mother, 
But he also was talking about his grandmother. And it's so beautiful. You say, well, where can I go in my legacy? Has anybody ever did one of those genealogy things on your family or online or something? They go way back. But somewhere in your legacy, someone took a stand for faith in Christ. Somewhere in your, in your family lineage, someone prayed for you. There might have been a grandma praying for you. How many had a good grandma or mom praying for you through your life? That's a legacy that you can build up. This mom's day, let's leave a spiritual legacy for our children and grandchildren. Legacy means this. It's something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or a a predecessor or from the past. We transmit this. It's something that we give. It's something that's transmitted. Legacy, that's what legacy means. I believe today every one of us can be transmitted of our faith in God. I believe the first thing we've got to do is learn to plant. My mom had an affinity for flowers, and I think that's where I got it. I love flowers. I would spend, I told you this, I would spend a million and a half dollars on flowers and gardening. I love gardening. My mom told me the most important thing when you garden is dump the manure in there and make sure that you mix the manure to get it all fertilized. How many of you got to put some manure in that? You see the farmers out there, they're throwing these big trucks and they're throwing manure on you. You're like, that stinks really bad. You know, with life, sometimes there's manure and there's stuff going on. You go, this stinks really bad right now. But God uses that for fertilizer to grow a beautiful thing in our life. In order to do planting, I believe you've got to be planted firmly yourself with sincere faith. Timothy said this about his mom and his grandma. He said that it's, it's a sincere faith. If you look up the word sincere there, it's the opposite of hypocritical. We all know what hypocritical means. Timothy's mom and grandma had a tangible faith in Christ. Not a churchy religion, but one that was vibrant and experiential. I want to ask you today, is your faith genuine? It doesn't mean you're perfect, it just means that your faith is genuine. Moms, for your kids today... Do they see a genuine faith coming out of you, or is it a church faith? In other words, is it it something that they see being practiced in your life, or is it something that they see only on a Sunday morning? Are your children hearing blessings at home, or do they hear a cursing mouth? Come on. Do they hear praises, or do they hear a lot of complaining? Do they hear blessings? You know, the Bible says this, you'll either choose blessings or cursings in our life. It's something that's so important. It's something that we need to make sure that our faith is genuine. It's not perfect, but it is genuine. Stephen J. Cole wrote this. Hypocritical faith can't be handed off. If you're a phony, your kids won't want anything to do with your version of Christianity. But if genuine faith, if your kids won't want anything to do with your version of Christianity, but your genuine faith is contagious, Timothy's faith could be traced back Through his mother to his grandmother, he could see the Lord in them, and it attracted him to the Lord. Do you know, when I came to Christ, you know, I came to Christ at a church called Valley Valley Baptist Church. I was saved at the age of eight years old. I was baptized at eight. But do you know what drew me to faith in Christ? It was my faith that my mom had. I remember coming to Christ. I remember us praying together. I remember when my mom came to Christ, it was a contagious thing. It wasn't something that I did because it was part of my duty that we go to this class and this is how it's going to be. I saw something in my mother that I didn't have even at the age of eight. Don't wait for church to do this for you. 
You know, we live in a day and age where we, and I guess it's always been that way. You know, we've, it's funny how things change more things stay the same, don't they? You know, we're like, the, we're, we're typical, we drop our kids off at church when our parents go, boy, that would be good. Church would be really good for kids. How many people here think church is really good for kids today? Raise your hand. Let's try that again. How many think it's good for kids today? We need an act this. Young man. Uh, hey, young man. Maybe if I sing that song and do it, everyone will get happy again. Don't wait for church to do it for you. Don't wait for some move of the Spirit and say, wow, that was a powerful service in order for you to get involved with the kingdom of God. Don't wait. Mom, don't wait until your kid has got it all figured out before you actually start believing and seeing things through the eyes of faith and saying, God, I believe you're going to do some great things someday in that kid's life. Mom, I believe that you can, with the mouth that God has given to you, speak forth the praises of God and send blessings where you didn't think they would even end up. But don't wait for a church or the pastor to do this for you. Don't wait. Pastor Steve, could you pray a special blessing for our family? You grab hold of the throne of grace and you get the blessing for your home right now. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12, you don't have to turn there. But it says, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord until He comes and rains righteousness on you. I love that gardening tip 101. You know what? If you're going to plant something, if you've got a bunch of seeds, you don't just throw seeds out on the ground and hope they grow, do you? You know what you do with those seeds? You go through there and it says you break up the fallow ground. If you've got fallow ground in your household right now, you break those things up through the Word and through the eyes of faith, and you break those up and you plant very delicately, and you put that very small seed which seems insignificant, and you place it in there and you watch it grow before the Lord. You don't need anyone's help to do that. You can grab the seeds yourself. And I hope this replicates not just for mothers, but for all of us, the concept of sowing and reaping, that we can sow things to God and watch it. You know when a farmer plants corn, he's not going there and going, I wonder when I plant this corn, what's going to come up this year? Where am I going to get some cotton this year, Joe? And they don't sit at the range hall and wonder what's going to come up. See, man, I don't know if this works. Yeah, it works. How many of you know when your grandma prayed for your works because you're sitting here today right now? Come on. It works. Now, it might have taken 10 years. It might have taken 15 years. It might have taken times in your life where you went through trials. It might have been the moments where you go, man, I messed up here, but there was still a seed planted. God's word will not return void when it was set out to do. Don't wait for church to do it. Turn to and say, stop waiting for church to do it. You begin to sow a legacy right now where you're at with all the junk. Sow a legacy. It's up to you. Sow a legacy. I got some crazy stories in my house. Sow a legacy anyway.
You know, you think, well, this is a small little thing you're telling me about prayer. You're telling me about planning this, and, and you're thinking that I can do this. Yeah, break up the fallow ground. God didn't say, I'll break it up for you. He said, you break up the fallow ground. You break it up. God, can you change this mess? No, I told you, break the fallow ground. Get the tools out and start plowing. Plowing is tough, hard work. It's a job for a mule. And somehow, sometimes, don't you feel like, you just don't feel like, you feel like a mule sometimes in your life? I was mewing through this thing, just going through it. But you know what? When you break that up, you'll start to bring the nutrients to the soil of what God has for you. So means to scatter seed, to plant seeds in order to increase the returns. Folks, I want to tell you this, giving of yourself through prayer, do you want to see great things and big things happen and increase the returns for you? Do you know what? Sow as many seeds as you possibly can in your life. Give as much of yourself as you can and watch the increase happen for your life. You know, Jesus even talking about the mustard seed. Jesus said, you know what? This mustard seed is the smallest seed. But yet when it's planted, it comes out and it provides a home. It it makes the largest increase, this little mustard seed. My mom, when she was praying, she had a little mustard seed that was a little pendant. And that mustard seed was so small, but yet it produces a huge bush. It produces something that all the birds could live in. It was a, it's a beautiful thing for all of us. I got an example. It was beautiful. You know, you want to learn about fresh new examples for people. Charles Spurgeon's mom. I know Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon tells how every Sunday evening his mother would stay home with the children, read and explain the scriptures to them and plead with them to think about the state of their souls and to seek the Lord. He remembers one time her praying, now Lord, If my children go on in their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold of Christ. What a prayer that is, isn't it? That thought of a mother bearing swift witness against me pierced my conscience and it stirred my heart. You know, parents, as opposed to you just kind of saying, it's okay, little Johnny can do this. Stop being their friend and become their mom once again. And direct them in the ways of righteousness and say, Child, this is not the way to go. This is wisdom. Don't just figure this out for yourself. Because the moment you get in that step and try to figure it out for yourself, you're going to do some stupid things and you don't want to go down that road and you're going to cause some serious harm to yourself. Don't go that direction. I wish parents would get back to the place again where we were waving the big stop signs and saying, no, that's not good for you. It's not okay. Do you hear what Charles Spurgeon said? This is even as a kid. The thought of a mother bearing swift witness against me, it pierced my conscience and it stirred my heart. Folks, I'm telling you, encourage your kids, but I would tell you to do also. Encourage your kids in the way of salvation and tell them to flee from evil and every sin out there. little old school, isn't it? Spurgeon's father was often away from home preaching. And once as he was on his way to a service, he feared he was neglecting his own family while caring for the souls of others. So he turned back and he went home. And when he came to the house, everything was quiet except for the voice of his wife behind the bedroom door. He listened and heard her pleading earnestly in prayer for the salvation of all her children, and especially for her strong-willed firstborn, Charles. His father thought that his wife 
with his wife caring so well for the spiritual interests of his children, he could go on about the Lord's business, so he left again for his preaching engagement without even disturbing her. Moms, behind closed doors, I want to hear you, and God wants to hear you pleading for the souls and the care of your very children. Fight for them. That's amazing that he actually heard his wife pleading for his children, especially, how many have any stubborn kids in your house? Anybody ever had one of those before? I'm not one of them. Plead for them. Fight for them. Don't give up. Don't just join in the crowd of saying another thing about them that's negative. Learn to fight for your legacy. Moms, so often you've got to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, don't you? But let me tell you about the weight of the world. You can bring that weight of the world to Jesus. And you can bring every problem to God through prayer and know that he's with you. Let me give you a real quick step on dealing with your problem. I love what Mark Batterson writes. It's okay to talk to God about your problems, but at some point you need to talk to your problems about God. You know, it's okay for us to say, God, this is horrible, this is terrible, this is, I can't believe this is going on. Cry out to God! But at some point, do me a favor and look your problems in the face and induce, introduce your problems to the Lord. What will happen is your mind will shift and you will get back in the game of fighting. And every one of us need to fight. You say, well, how do I fight for my children right now with what they're dealing with and the powers of the forces of darkness that are going on in this world? What do you say I do? You know what I would tell you to do? Start to prophesy to your children. Some of us people don't understand what prophecy is. You think, well, what's the prophecy? What's the end time revelation of prophecy? Prophecy is speaking life into people. That's being prophetic and being a prophetic people of saying, you know what, I'm speaking future into people's lives. You know, you can speak people's futures into them. You know, when my mom would fight for us and she would pray for us, I remember when she was, we were in deep spiritual warfare. We would fight for my brother. I remember we were in deep spiritual warfare because my mom was fighting for my sister with some physical stuff. And then when I had my seizures, I remember when I had my seizures. And you know what my mom did? She didn't just say, oh, no, it's the end of the world. She said, Steve, I'm holding on to your MRIs. And they're under my bed and I'm going to give them to you. Because someday there's going to be a testimony of that scar that's on your brain. It'll be gone in Jesus' name. I want you to hold on to that. Prophesy. See, what we do is the doctors and whoever gives us something, we hear something, someone tells us bad news, and then we take the bad news and we say, yep, that's it, and we're planning all of our funeral for tomorrow, aren't we? And we might be planning a funeral of finances today. We might be planning a funeral of marriages today. We might be planning a funeral of saying to our children, they're never going to come back because look what they're doing. I'm going to give you something else you can do today. It's called prophesying to them. Say, that doesn't fix anything. You know, those who are of the Spirit mind the things of the Spirit. I love what Jesus, or God told to the, uh, to the prophet. He said, listen. He said, I've got all these dry bones over here. Do you believe those dry bones can live? Remember that story? He has a vision and he sees a valley of dry bones. And he asks him this question, and God invites us in through prophecy. And he invites us in, and he says, do you believe that they can live again? And the prophet at that point was so flabbergasted at the sight of it all, he said, I, only you know God. And he said, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Speak to these bones. And then he told him to speak to the flesh. And 
flesh came up on those bones and he said, now pray and he said, send the breath of life. I want to tell you today, when you're looking at the situations in your life, mamas, when you're looking at that in here, I want you to say, you know what, God? Only you know, but I'm going to tell you right now, I will speak words of life and not death. I will live and we will not die. And we will declare the word of the Lord. Some of us have forgotten our declaration and our problems we've been talking about so much. We've forgotten that we can introduce God to our problems and say, hey, problems, they're off me now. They're in, God's in charge of my problems. Turn to someone and say, God's in charge of my problems. Moms, build your legacy through the powerful prayers you utter as you speak over your children. Speak over your children. Do you know one thing your children can't defend against is prayer? One thing your spouse can't defend against is prayer? One thing your loved ones can't defend against is prayer. You know, sometimes talking to someone or preaching to someone doesn't even get them there. You get it through, through prayer. You could tell them the best message in the world. Jesus could show up with his sandals and everything, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, that's not Jesus. I just ate pizza last night. But you know what? The power of faith and praying in and praying through is a very, very amazing thing. Thank God for the Charles Spurgeon's moms who went ten rounds for her kids and spiritually wrestled behind closed doors. I want you to learn behind closed doors to speak life. If we're going to leave a legacy, go thrice. If you treat an individual as he is, he will remain how he is. But if you treat him as if he were and what ought to be and could be, he will become what he ought to be and could be. You know, start trading your situation right now of what it could be. You know, that's how come with like even like church, with small church sometimes, we, we lose the ability to dream big because we go, well, we're just a small church. We're just a small group of people. What can we do? God wants to move and power no matter what the size. Never forsake the day of small beginnings for your house. Talk big. Dream big. Anybody have any doubts or worry cloud their futures? Any moms worrying about anything today? Moms don't worry ever, do they? It's an amazing part for us not to worry in our prayers. Charlotte Campbell wrote this, Worry only turns you inward, doesn't it? While prayer turns your thoughts upwards towards your source, if worry is counseling you, it will take you out of the changes you are called to bring. I have wrestled too much time worrying about what people think, worrying about if people will support me, and if resources will come. While the worry was taking over my time and attention, I neglected the very places I was planted to bring change. Jesus said it like this, worry can't add another day to your, another hour to your day. Won't do anything. So today, if you're worrying about things in your prayer, I want you to say, God, I am simply trusting you right now. You're alive, you're breathing, and God is in control, and it's a beautiful thing. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment? You have just such a special opportunity with your children. Maybe they're littles right now. Maybe they're out of high school. Maybe you're not even on talking terms with them. 
You have an opportunity right now to sow a legacy and for your children to start to see you fight for life and not death. For you to put the newspaper away at your house, spiritually speaking, and reading all the headlines about your situation. And actually dive in and be changed. All of us know the headlines. All of us know the stories. But Christ has the final word in your family. And no matter what you face, and no matter what the struggle is, you can leave a powerful legacy today as you start to sow. You can be planted firmly. And you can start it right now. You can be the one in your family to start generations of revival. Because like Charles Spurgeon's mom, you decided to, as opposed to gossiping behind closed doors and talking bad about the situation and bad about the people, you say, Lord, I'm going to fight for this one. Don't give up. You have a legacy to give. And no, you won't be perfect. And no, you won't figure it all out. But you will have a grounded faith that's not based on hypocrisy or a church service. But it will be a legacy founded and grounded upon faith and saying, you know what? When things were rocked in my household, we stood upon the rock, which was Jesus Christ. Today, may your children know that you are a person of prayer, that you're a person of faith, and that you're a woman of devotion. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this call is for everyone, not just for the moms. But today, you say, you know what? God's calling me to leave a lasting legacy in my home. And behind closed doors, it sounded more like cursing and complaining than prophesying and blessing. I've got follow ground to break up. And I've got some seeds that have been thrown around, but I've not been very intentional in my planting, and I want to leave a legacy from now on. I've waited for the church to do something, a special card for someone, someone to pat me on the back. And today I am taking it on myself so that I would have a legacy and I will stand alone if it's only up to me. Today, if that's you and you say, you know what, it's time. It's time. It's time for me to transmit this faith that God has given to me. Why don't you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I thank you you. for the opportunity opportunity. to leave a legacy. legacy. I want to be a transmitter transmitter. of the faith. faith. I want to be be someone someone who stands stands. when everyone else has fallen away. Help me to leave, God, a legacy. Help me to be all that you've called me to be. God, I speak words of life now over my children. I will fight for them. I'm not going to fight with them. 
I choose to speak blessing and not cursing. Forgive me, God, for my short-sightedness. I'm choosing this day to look farther down the road. It's rough right now, but that ground's getting broke up. And I'm going to start planning. In Jesus' name, amen. What a beautiful thing today to start that legacy up. Right now. What a beautiful thing. Moms, we love you. I just want to pray a blessing over everyone today as we kind of go off with our families and friends and whatever we're going to do today. Take a bike ride or a walk if you can. Please get outside. So uh, we love you so much. I just want to pray a blessing over just our homes and that God would move in very powerful ways and that we're not hypocritical in our faith, but that we truly leave a legacy that our children would want and desire down the road. Amen? Amen. That's for all of us. Lord, I thank you for your blessing and your power in our lives. God, help us, help me not to be hypocritical and to say one thing, God, and do something else. I don't want to be an actor. I don't want our homes in this church to be full of actors, Father. I want us to be vibrant and filled with faith and be examples and something attractive to our children so that they would want that and they wouldn't depart from it. Lord, we do want to leave a legacy this day, and we bless you and thank you for our moms. And thank you for the generations of those. We think back on those who prayed for us and fought and fought through financial harms and all those kinds of situations spiritually, and they made a way for us. Help us to continue on that, Lord. We thank you, God, for this day that we can set apart and be in your house together. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say. Love you guys very, very much. Happy Mother's Day. Amen.